always think quiet Lindsay's still better than loud Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can I can boost or soften either Lindsay. Okay. <laughs> so just, again, what I need in real life. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh. Ooh. We really need to patent like uh, an in real life editor. Yes. <laughs> you yes, just have do. in your pocket. Yeah. Pocket Michelle. It's, just... it's my pocket Michelle. <laughs> Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 31. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we're asking, why me? Life has its ups and downs, peaks and valleys, highlights and lowlights. And in the midst of it all, sometimes it's hard to wrap our minds around, why me? You know, in good times and in bad, it can be hard to tell where this road is going, what our purpose is in the moment, and how to make the best out of every circumstance. But first, we would be so grateful if you could take a minute to rate and review our podcast on iTunes. It only takes you a minute, but it helps other listeners find our podcast. Also, be sure to click subscribe so you never miss a new episode. This week's shout out goes to the A Sparkling Vintage Life podcast, who commented, quote, binge listener here. Whether you're a mom or not, you'll enjoy hearing hosts Lindsay and Michelle discuss a wide variety of topics that are of interest to women in a warm, witty, and dignified manner. The topics are fascinating and fun, like listening to friends talk around a kitchen table. Plus, they always include an etiquette tip along with the thought process behind it that speaks to my own vintage loving heart, end quote. Thank you so much for listening and for leaving us this review. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our modern lady tip of the week. Well, I don't know about you, but I still love a nice summer tan. But as we all know, Michelle, only the poor and lowly, the outdoor laborers, they were tanned. So between the 15th and 18th centuries, the palest skin was all the rage. So it's time to dig out the vinegar and horse manure to achieve the perfect, flawless complexion. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, good. This is this is timely because that sun just came out today. That's right. And I need to protect my my Victorian era social status. <laughs> Perfect. Well, here is the toxic recipe for you. And I quote, <laughs> steep the lead. Of course, you'll have lead at home. Steep the lead in a pot of vinegar and rest it in a bed of horse manure for at least three weeks. When the lead finally softens to the point where it can be pounded into a flaky white powder, grind it into a fine powder. Mix with water and let it dry in the sun. After the powder is dry, mix with the appropriate amount of perfume and tinting dye. Now, don't forget to draw on your blue veins after you're done. And then you will just have this perfectly white bosom with blue veins all over it. <laughs> now, I oh. did read, yeah, that the blue vein trend actually goes back as far as ancient Egypt. And they would draw blue veins on their temples and on their breasts there as well. Really? Mm -hmm. Do you think that's where kind of like the, the connection to being blue-blooded 
Yes. Isn't that the term for like royalty? Yeah, so 100%. People would want people to see. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It, this is so funny because I was just actually looking into cleaner beauty products. Mm, yep. <laughs> and for <laughs> hair, especially yesterday, and it was saying um, the best uh, kind is the ones that list just water. Right. as their first ingredient right. and <laughs> it's such a far cry from lead and horse manure yep yep <laughs> and a lot of vinegar yeah these people must have smelled amazing on top of the no bathing oh but they mixed perfume in it right right so that's okay that's right. all right <laughs> You can just envision a character in a movie at a pivotal moment, raising their fists and shouting to the sky, why me? It is cliche and sometimes comical when it comes up in pop culture, but we do actually tend to ask ourselves, why me? Quite often in real life too, right, Lindsay? You're right. And so I want to start by saying that For Jason and I, we're kind of in a season right now of great blessing. Um, Like things are going really well. We have exciting projects on the go. Our social life is in full swing. We have a kitchen full of healthy food and we're we're on an upswing of taking care of our bodies. And I know people are probably like clicking off on the podcast right now going, well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> forget that. But I spoke with you on the phone yesterday, Michelle, right? And I and I still mm-hmm. said, why me? Like, why are all these good things mm-hmm. happening? And then I realized through talking with you that in good times and in bad, we ask, why me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy to ask why me or to recognize that you're asking why me when times are not so great, right? But yeah. it is true. Like, it's this kind of unsettledness almost, like, why is this happening? Like, yeah. this is good, and I'm grateful, and I'm happy, but why? Yeah. You're suspicious almost. Well, and you know, there, as we all know, there are so many different seasons in life, right? Feast and famine, health and sickness, exhausted or rusted. And it's almost mm-hmm. like these things were already considered when we made our wedding vows, right? Wink, wink. It's right. like... <laughs> It's like people who are smarter than us already anticipated that these seasons are going to happen throughout our lives. (laughs) And so I think that, first of all, I want our listeners to know that whatever your life is like today, right now, when you're listening to the podcast, that we all have good days and bad days or good months or bad years. And, you Mm. know, for Jason and I, you know, I opened with saying where we're at today, but we had a period where we had a bad decade. Like the early years of our relationship and marriage, there was 10 straight years of crippling debt, death, marriage issues, career issues, lots of illness that required hospital stays, housing issues. And at that time, too, it was just truly impossible to step outside of those issues and to see what goodness there was in, 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 in that. But I was also asking, why me during during that time as well? So when I started looking at this and through talking with you, Michelle, about this, I think that what we're figuring out is that we ask why me when we don't have a solid grasp on what we deserve. And when we start looking at that, um, even the word deserve needs to be broken down. But then on the very basic level, it's like, why do we think we're more deserving of comfort than our neighbor? Why does my family deserve to be healthier than another family? And so the concept of deserve, I think, um, is something that we really need to look into. It comes down to entitlement. So I wouldn't say that it's always a deliberate sense of entitlement, especially when it comes to our family, right? And our loved ones and our Mm -hmm. kids. So it's not like 
the idea that we're owed health or prosperity. And, and we're not even talking wealth. We're just talking about being able to pay the bills. I think that this idea of feeling like we're entitled to health and happiness for our family comes from, truly from a place of love, right? Like we're not all mm-hmm. walking around going, we do deserve that more than any of us. We just love and care for the people in our lives and we want and then desire health and prosperity. Right. Yeah. It's not coming from a place of being spoiled or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I think probably maybe that's one of the reasons why it feels like we're fighting it so hard. When good things happen, it's always met with that uh, immediate suspicion. Yeah. Right. The suspicion, the uneasiness, like you would think when a good thing happens, it should immediately bolster your mood or uh, make you happy and complete and whatever, all these feelings. But instead, we're just we're hesitant to accept it. And perhaps part of the reason is because we feel like it's it's boastful to revel in good things yeah. or it's yeah. prideful or that what makes us think we deserve this more than other people who maybe don't have it. And it makes us feel guilty over good things that are happening, right? And I wonder what it is about our culture and our society that makes us feel that way. I think that for, if I look at Jason and I, when I look at that, we had come out of those 10 years of literally of darkness. We had 10 years of darkness. And I know we're not alone in that. There There are a lot of you listening that are either in that period or have come out of that period as well. And I think that when good things start happening, Um, you are just waiting for that other shoe to drop. We're always, we seem to be waiting for that. And that isn't operating from a place of trust either for God. Both of these things are about trusting in God, right? And Mm -hmm. letting go of the control. And so we're, as, as humans, we're of course shaken up when things aren't under control or when there's great change, whether it's, and I'm talking great as in monumental change, whether it's good or it's bad. And so that, means that we are uncomfortable either with the blessings or with the suffering that we're feeling at that time instead of just trusting. Yes, it it feels like uh, in either of these situations, it comes down to having a real openness to what is happening, what life is going to throw at us. Like you said, trust in God's providence, um, that there is a plan. So when it's our plan, well, we can't see the future, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of a, a really hard place to live all the time, feeling like you have to be in control of your future, but not knowing what the future is. And there's so many different variables that we can't see or predict. And that that is quite anxiety-inducing. So uh, to have just an ease of openness, just being aware of being consciously open Like I am open to whatever and just being open to what in that moment it can, it it can teach you, it can give you, it can propel you to growth, like where it's going to help you to grow. Right. Yep. And I think that there's a difference between things that we have merited for ourselves that God always allows or doesn't allow, but there are things that we have brought on ourselves and there are things that happen to us. And Mm. those are two different things as well. Right. And I think one of my pet peeves, I have a lot of pet peeves. I'm working on it, but one of them is always when people (laughs) say, well, aren't you just so lucky? Aren't you just so lucky you get to stay home every day with your kids? Or aren't you so lucky that your husband helps you clean at night? I'm not even going to go into those, but let me just tell you that that has nothing to do with luck. Like 
we have worked hard to get to certain places. And so we have mm-hmm. merited some of the success, right? And mm-hmm. so it seems easier for us to wrap our heads around um, success or gifts or blessings when we have worked hard towards them. And the same mm-hmm. thing goes with the flip side. You know, the old saying of, well, you made your bed, you can lie on it. You can lay on it. You can, uh, we can also wrap our heads around that if we have made poor decisions. And then as a result, bad things have happened. Like as much as we don't like it, we can step outside of ourselves and go, yeah, okay, I deserve whatever is coming to me. But I think that when these things, these blessings or this suffering comes upon us through almost none of our own actions, that's in both cases, that's when we step back a lot and go, oh, okay, like truly why me? What is happening in in this? What is God's message for us? Yeah, I love that. I I love that point that it's easier to wrap our head around circumstances when it is a direct result of something that we have done or not done. Mm -hmm. It makes sense. It's logical. It's linear, right? We can follow through on this whole, um, on this whole plot line. (laughs) Yeah. But, but when it comes seemingly out of nowhere, I think that's when we feel out of control yeah. And even like that our our good and bad decisions can have wider uh, effects as well. Like it's all a ripple effect too. So our actions can also then be projected on other people's lives and they may not know where it's coming from too. Right. And, and then they'll be like, why me? Because yeah, they, can't, <laughs> exactly. they can't trace back those ripples <laughs> to you and your decisions, right? Me and my decisions. Right. And I've seen that for good and for bad in my own life. I have seen many mm-hmm. times some very bad sinful decisions I've made that have deeply impacted other people who have been very hurt by it. And they're like, what have I done to deserve this? And truly they haven't done anything to deserve it. I deserved it. Mm. And, um, and so that, again, I think what we keep trying to strike the balance of is that this happens in good ways in our life and in, in some bad ways. Um, and again, I think that this really comes down to the notion of pride versus humility. And so when we break pride down into its most basic form, it just means that we're basically improperly judging ourselves as greater than we are, as greater than we deserve. And then the opposite of good humility is false humility. And I'm going to say this is kind of the opposite to pride. So false humility is then improperly judging ourselves as less than we are. Both things mean that we're improperly judging ourselves um, to be either better than or less than. And when we look at ourselves with true justice, we see ourselves for who we are, for what state of life we're in, and for what we have merited and what has been given to us by God. I love that. I don't even think a lot of the times about false humility because there are sometimes you do a good job on something. Yes. Right. Or that you do merit the the good result of something you have worked hard on, like you were saying. And you're right. That is not fair. It's not just to God either. Right. So you're either downplaying his creation through false humility or you're taking him out of out of the equation by puffing yourself up beyond him yep. in pride. For those yeah. of us who struggle with pride like me, um, the tendency is to, as you're trying to grow in holiness, you then slip into a lot of false humility because you honestly are trying to like strive for humility and you don't know how mm. to kind of get there yet. So when good things do happen, we tend to go, then we brush it off and say, oh no, oh, I didn't know. I don't deserve that. You know, and we're not even saying that in 
in a deliberately false humility way. Like it's just that we're trying to figure out what real humility feels like because it's Mm -hmm. a really hard thing to attain true humility. Um, But then it's the same as in some ways as virtue signaling. It's it's a lot of talk (laughs) Uh, instead of really just stepping back and not making it again all about us. So whether it is pride or false humility, it's not those things make it we're trying to make it about us, but it's not about us. And we're still talking so much about whether we deserve something or not deserve something. And that isn't the middle path here that we're supposed to be striving for. That's good. And also maybe it can help too by looking at our circumstances as not part of our identity, Mm. like as opposed to why me instead changing that question into this is a good thing or this is a bad thing and I'm just walking through whatever this is. Oh, I love that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of takes you out as like a third party to the happenstance right. of what's happening around you. I that might be a really good um and I'm just <laughs> like I'm talking and thinking at the same time. Yeah, yeah. This is just occurring to me and and I'm excited to now test it. I'll yeah. test. I'll beta test it for for everyone. Report back. <laughs> but this is what I love, and this is why our phone mm-hmm. call yesterday. We should have just recorded our phone call because you were so good in helping me see, try to separate between things that I can celebrate that I've worked hard on and that are coming to fruition, and things that have been also gifted to me by God, and how then to take those gifts and turn it around and be a blessing to others. Yes. So we we have talked about in both good and bad times, there is a, a role we can play in each and to essentially help us take us out of that um, personalized understanding of what's happening to us. Right. So in good times, um, I always think like this has been given to you in trust mm. by God to then go out and use to serve other people. This can be anything. Like, um, I know you guys are busy working on your house uh, and, you know, new kitchen reno, new deck. Uh, What can you do with a bigger and better kitchen? How many more people can you have over and open your doors to hospitality? For us, we just got a new RV and it is admittedly (laughs) bigger than I originally wanted because I'm all about trying for simplicity, trying to be minimal and all these things. But it really turned around when in my head, I thought to myself, well, who can we then host? Uh, But you can go beyond that even too. Like, did you get a bonus in your paycheck this month? Well, look, who is struggling in your community? What organizations are in need? Uh, If your schedule is seems to be under control, your pace of life is comfortable right now. You know, look around. Who just had a newborn baby? Who's going through sickness and needs rides to their appointments? You know, our blessings can be good for us and we can enjoy them. That's gratitude. Um, But I really tend to think as well that our blessings are supposed to be for other people too. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um, You said two things that just jogged something in my mind. Um, You know, we talk often about how I ended up having to have an emergency hysterectomy having Ellie. And so, Mm -hmm. yes, I had to grieve that. I had to feel those things. I'm still processing that five years later. Um, But then I started to realize the gift of spiritual motherhood. And like you just said, who had a newborn baby? Um, I can't have any more newborn babies. And, but I can go over now because my children are getting older and help those with a newborn baby. And 
And so Mm -hmm. for those of you who are out of that stage and are still maybe missing having little kids around, how can you turn that new freedom that you have around to go help the other new mamas who are in that stage? I remember one time in the midst of our suffering, um, I was reading the Bible and I read in second Corinthians verse one through four. Um, it says he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And when we were asking why me all the time, I found like those few sentences summed it up so much better than anything I could say. And so sometimes we suffer so that we may offer comfort to others. Mm, I like that. Yes, because it's all about community, right? Yeah. And when times are hard and you don't know why or how you're going to get through it, um, sometimes acknowledging that and accepting help from other people is exactly what you need and what that person needs too. It can be a blessing to let other people help you uh, because everyone needs these opportunities to grow in charity. Mm-hmm. We got like, to stop hogging Mother Teresa status for ourselves. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> let other yeah, people be yeah. Mother Teresa too, right? <laughs> uh, we and that's all really need- hard, yeah. It is. It is. We don't want to bother people. We mm-hmm. don't want to trouble them. Um, but the the fact is that we were made for this. We are obligated to give generously when times are good. And we're obligated on the other side to accept help then yes. when times are hard and we need oh, it. Oh, yes. That's so good. That's such a great way to explain it. Yeah. And can you even imagine a world where everyone kind of considered this right. a little more often. It would just, it seems like it would be more even, more steady. Life might be more consistent. So like perhaps less volatile. The good times and the bad times would be less harsh, maybe flow more naturally yeah. because it's all shared. Yeah. You know what? I have to repeat what you just said again, because it's just sitting in my mind. So we are obligated to offer help when we can, and we are obligated to accept help when we need it. And mm-hmm. we, it, like we're always taught in life, we can't control everything that's happening to us, but we can control how we react to it. So if you've been blessed, like you're just saying, you might not be able to control those blessings, but you can control how you turn around and redistribute them. And likewise with the suffering, we can't control what's happening to us all the time, but we can control how we are going to transform that suffering into becoming a blessing for others. Yes. One of the great things I read about suffering is that just like if we're trying to work out our bodies, right, to become strong, mm-hmm. um, you re- need to use heavy weights, right? You can't just work out those muscles right. with the little two-pound dumbbells. I can't. Oh, darn. Nope, you can't. You are <laughs> going to need to up it. And then you're going to need to keep increasing the weight if you are going to grow stronger physically. The same thing happens with growing in virtue. And and so and a virtue is being able to be have humility, right, and to accept mm with justice, whatever is happening to you in your proper state in life at that time. This That's a mouthful to say, accepting right. the blessings or the sufferings. So like working out our bodies, um, if we're going to grow in that virtue and work that muscle, well, suffering is like the weights. And so if we're going to grow in that, we're going to need heavier and heavier weights at different times of our life put on. And so it means different periods and depths of suffering so that we can grow and overcome that suffering. You know, heroic faith requires overcoming great doubt. 
Wow. And how encouraging is it? Like, I find we are able to stand, withstand so much more if we have a purpose for it and a meaning for it, right? And um, how encouraging is it to just acknowledge the fact that I'm being really tested and challenged right now, but it is growth. Right. And you know what? You're so so right. Yeah. The testing, this just hit me. So we always look at the testing as the suffering, but the testing is Mm. also the blessing and the moment and the times, Mm. the seasons of plenty. There is lessons and testing in that as well. God wants to see how we handle those times of plenty just as much as he wants to see how we handle the suffering. Mm -hmm. Michelle, have you ever heard the kind of the parable or the story of the mom working at the loom? No, so no, I haven't. Picture, you know, a mom and she's threading all the threads through and she's at the loom and she's working on a huge project and her child is sitting there and watching and not understanding. They're just seeing threads everywhere, untied, hanging down, bits of color. There's no pattern to speak of. It doesn't seem to make sense. It doesn't seem to have any purpose. And the mom just says, just wait and see. It will all make sense when I'm finished. We know that this is just like our life. It might not make sense right now, the seasons of plenty, the seasons of pain, of suffering, a feast of famine. But if we trust, I, I am assured, and I know you are too, that it will all make sense in the end. Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? This week, I have a podcast that I've been loving, and Ooh, yes. yeah, it's, you know, tables are flipped. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's actually called Table Manners. Um, so, Ooh. it's a British one. You know my love for British podcasts. I pretty much, aside from ours, only listen to British podcasts. Um, and so, this one's called Table Manners with Jessie Ware. Now, I've never heard of Jessie Ware, but apparently, she's a big musician in England, and you know, works with Ed Sheeran and a bunch of con- current contemporary pop stars. So I'll have to listen to her music, but her podcast is her and her mom. Her mom is hilarious and they, their relationship back and forth is hilarious and they invite pretty big British stars, um, into their kitchen and they cook them dinner. So they're kind of cooking as they're talking and then they serving them their food, but they're also just getting to interview them, but you also hear them eating. And then they also ask them what their, worst table manner that they've seen is and so it's just everything but it's british so it could be like the most basic discussion yeah, but because of their right. accents it's you just compelled like you just sit there for the whole hour listening um they're also hilarious now like the one you recommended last week there is swearing so it's definitely mm-hmm. one that you listen to with your headphones in or if that bothers you just avoid it altogether but you and I were joking as wrong as this is this is fully wrong but you and I were joking yeah. Michelle right about how swearing <laughs> somehow with a British accent <laughs> doesn't seem as bad <laughs> I don't know what it yeah. is <laughs> it it seems like part of like just a really normal part of their vo- vocabulary sometimes yeah. Yeah. like depending who it is that's speaking yeah yeah <laughs> and you and I don't swear like I used to swear like a trucker I've really worked on that over the years but so mm-hmm. it's not like we're okay with that but it's just there's something different <laughs> I'm sorry people we're just being honest it just definitely sounds different when you're listening to a nice British accent and they drop the odd swear word but um yeah it's, it is a great listen and I really love the relationship between her and her mom it's so cute I was just going to say, I think what intrigues me most about this is them doing it together, mother and daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so unique. I think that's so interesting. And yeah. they've won a couple podcasting awards now, so I'm not the only one who oh. likes it. So check it out. 
Michelle, Perfect. what have you been loving? Okay. I knew for the last few weeks that this was going to be my favorite thing for this week. Mm. Um, I finally saw The Avengers Endgame. Ah. It's been on our calendar. Uh, we saw it last Friday. And seriously, this is 10 years of my life oh my that God. have culminated in this moment. We weren't even married yet when oh. all of this began. Oh my <laughs> you can goodness. believe it. I know. I know. Like we've had children. We've moved houses <laughs> all alongside Captain America and Iron Man. And yeah. Wow. So it was awesome. I'm not going to do spoilers here, so it'll be rather short. But I happen to love crossover movies and books and TV shows. This whole um, universe is the mother of all crossovers. Uh, But what I love most, I think, is just that still in our culture, this classic battle between good and evil, um, there's still such a love for it right? Um, I happen to like my good guys good and my bad guys bad. So I'm not a big um, anti-hero type of person. Um, And it has been such fun rooting for the really good guys with like hundreds of thousands of other people for an entire decade. The scope Mm. blows my mind. And so, yes, if you you enjoy action movies, I think it takes 44 hours to watch all of the Marvel movies. Um, up to this point and I can't wait to share this with my kids once they get older too and they've they've done very well keeping a storyline going for 10 years okay that's going to do it for us this week and if you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today you can find us on our website www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at MM Sachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at Linny Autumn. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.